superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Yeah. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Goats have home lives too. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Rich Eisen. Hello, Rich Eisen. Rich Eisen. Oh, that's Susie Eisen Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. And now, sitting in for Rich, here's Brian Weber. Welcome to the program. Great to be sitting in for Rich. I will do my best not to destroy what he has worked so hard to build any show. I'm lucky enough to be hosting. I follow a similar approach. I try not to bludgeon you with guests. Just one per hour. Coming up in 20 minutes, we'll talk some NBA with Michael Lee of the Washington Post. Football will dominate the program. Looking forward to our conversation coming up in hour number two of the show with the Central Point. Reflecting on the passing of John Madden. We'll say hello to Bob Glauber of New York Newsday Final Hour. We'll take you around the NFL with Mike Jones from USA Today. And yes, his name is Mike Jones. The goal is to be interactive. You know the phone number, 1-844-204-RICH. That's 1-844-204-RICH. Phone calls taken selectively. You can hit me up on Twitter it is B.W. Weber, Weber with two B's. And if you're wondering to yourself, who is this guy speaking quickly and enunciating heavily with the Tennessee Titans on the agenda today? I'm Brian Weber. I work with Rich at NFL Network, launching and co-hosting their morning show when we went on the air here in Southern California. Like Rich, I'm originally from New York, went to high school in New York City. We're about the same age, so we have... I think similar sensibilities on a lot of topics. Hopefully you've heard me filling in for other high-profile hosts and hosting my own shows at various times on various networks with also a wide variety of play-by-play. But this is not the Brian Weber show. This is the Rich Eisen show. So if you know me, for example, from the world of tennis with 18 years of dedicated service to Tennis Channel, getting ready for the start of the Australian swing, do not call me and ask questions about Novak Djokovic. I want to keep this job. I want to come back tomorrow and Friday and defend the integrity of Rich's brand. So we're going to jump right in talking NFL. We'll get to Carson Wentz. And what a wild Newsday it was across the NFL yesterday. And unfortunately, just like real life, COVID is dominating much of what we're discussing in the National Football League But I want to spend a few moments like everybody else across the sports landscape reflecting on the passing of John Madden at the age of 85. And what a wonderful coincidence it was that Fox debuted that terrific documentary on Coach Madden over the weekend coinciding with Christmas Day. And since I am in my early 50s, hopefully I have a little bit more energy, ebullience on a big word Wednesday than somebody who's battered and middle-aged, but I was thinking about driving in today. Depending on how old you are, it goes a long way in determining how you view John Madden, because I'm old enough to remember him as Coach John Madden. 
And I remember that Super Bowl win over the Vikings at the Rose Bowl. I remember him walking away from football. Now, this is early memories, mid to late 1970s. I remember him showing up on those Miller Lite commercials as a bigger-than-life figure. And I remember him early on as a broadcaster who changed everything. So I don't think it's a stretch. I don't think it's over the top. I don't think it's hyperbole to say John Madden is the most influential sports broadcaster we have ever seen. Now, if you want to go old school, you could point out that Howard Cosell had a more profound impact on society. Cosell was everywhere. He had his own late-night variety show on ABC. He was popping up in Woody Allen movies, but that was a different time in which the four broadcast networks still dominated the world. And Cosell was a rocket. When he exploded on the scene, it took over, but he faded rapidly, mostly because of his own issues and neuroses, and he was polarizing. When you're thinking about Madden, everybody loved Madden, and just about everybody knew him. My mom would have a sense of who that guy was because it was a fixture in our household like everybody else on Sunday afternoons. On CBS, alongside Pat Summerall, they felt like they were your friends. It was a conversational approach, but Madden completely changed the template, not only in football, but across all of the sports, as to how an analyst does his or her job. Because prior to Madden, it was very buttoned up. And it was a lot of the old school, I am a broadcaster, and you will listen to me. And I should try to get out of that habit, but I've been doing this too long one way to break out of those rhythms. Madden showed up, and he felt like the guy sitting next to you at the bar. And he looked like me and you. And famously, wouldn't tie his shoes. Somebody would pour him into that jacket that was a little bit too tight, but he'd get that top button done, and there he was. Not a comb through the hair in probably 20 years, but there was an energy, an enthusiasm, a connection to you and I that nobody else had brought to that role. Maybe Dizzy Dean, if you know radio history in the 40s, but that's ancient history. That's dinosaur stuff. I'm talking network television. He exploded through the screen and captivated and grabbed all of us. And then think about the progression of his career. He goes to Fox with the NFL rights. That changes everything for that network. Later on, lands on Monday Night Football and solidifies his standing in primetime. John Madden became, in many ways, synonymous with the NFL. And then there's the whole younger crowd. Yeah, you people on your phones who are killing my business because you won't watch TV. But there's an entire segment of... Folks 40 and under, not that young, who identified John Madden with the video games. And that's a whole other element of his life that came through the power of licensing because he was, in many ways, more identifiable than a lot of the people he was covering because it seemed like he was being himself. And I have a couple personal anecdotes, and I won't go too in-depth because not about me. It's about Coach Madden, but he was a fixture in the Bay Area. I went to college in Palo Alto. I started my broadcast career in San Francisco. So John Madden grew up in Daly City and then obviously was an icon in Oakland, but for years, we'll connect it to our radio medium. That's Brian Weber in for Rich. It's the 
Rich Eisen Show, Wednesday edition. You can be a part of the program at 1-844-204-RICH. You can hit me up on Twitter. It's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Take us wherever you go. I know you're busy, especially during the holidays. Show always available on the Odyssey app. John Madden, even when he was in semi-retirement, had a weekly appearance on an Odyssey station in the San Francisco Bay Area, legendary news station, KCBS, 740 on your AM dial. And it would be John Madden riffing about life and the same energy and unique approach that he brought to football. He would be expansive on a variety of topics with things you never thought about. It was homespun. It was unique. And it was appointment radio. So John Madden transcended the sport that in many ways he defined as a TV broadcaster Everyone you listen to, whatever sport you like, anybody who is having a good time, not just being a cookie cutter, tell me about playing too deep zone and the running back put his foot in the ground and the defensive back was able to knock away the throw that was high pointed by the wide receiver. Forget about the terminology. Forget about the X's and O's. Madden was able to explain the game to us in a way that was fun, energetic, and unique. And there'll never be another person like John Madden. And we're all going to think about what he meant to not only this industry, but the sport that we love the most. And he was really also, towards the end of his career, a champion for player safety. Because people forget John Madden was a football player early in his career before he figured out he couldn't make a living at it and transformed himself into a dominant head coach, Super Bowl winning coach who never had a losing season with the silver and black. But towards the end of his life, he was very vocal and worked as hard as he could behind the scenes to make sure player safety was not just something the league paid lip service towards. Because when Madden started, one of the main elements of any highlight show would be Guys getting destroyed, absolutely knocked into the hospital on some occasions. And Madden knew what that meant to all of his friends who were former players and all of the health concerns that they had later in life. And he was a very strong advocate for player safety. Let's make the move to player safety issues in the NFL now. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. It's the Rich Eisen Show coming up in less than 15 minutes. We'll talk a little bit of NBA with Michael Lee from the Washington Post. Steph Curry out of his mind again last night for the Warriors. Not enough, though. Nice win for Denver on the road in San Francisco. So I was on the air yesterday in this very same time slot. Do not tweet me about it. I got bills to pay. And Uncle Brian's got to get ready to pay my quarterly taxes in 2022. Plus, I like to work, and let's face it, you've only been listening for 10 minutes. I'm just that fascinating. So yesterday, about 1.30 Eastern, I'm on the air, and I see the wire copy. Breaking news! I just looked over at ESPN.com, but I saw the headline. Colts put unvaccinating, unvaccinated starting quarterback Carson Wentz on the COVID list. And I thought aloud, and this is the beauty of the intimacy and the real-time nature of what we do in the audio space. You want to call it radio, podcasting, whatever the terminology is heading into 2022. But having 
gone through as a fan and as a broadcaster all of these twists and turns and think about, say, the Browns, who didn't have Baker Mayfield, didn't have Case Keenum. The game against the Raider last, Raiders last week moved to Monday, and it was Nick Mullins, of all people, who gave him a shot to win that game. I think we've all become familiar with the basic elements of what the COVID protocols were, at least until yesterday. So, for example, Aaron Rodgers, and we don't have to go down that rabbit hole to start the show. Well, plenty of time to address Rodgers, who just can't help himself. He needs to prove every time he speaks, and virtually the only forum that we hear him through is the Pat McAfee show. Aaron Rodgers truly believes that he is smarter than me and you and everybody else. And I'm the biggest Aaron Rodgers fanboy you're ever going to find. I'm having a hard time now, though, being rational and separating the player from the person behind what we see on the field. Because it's the same dilemma a lot of people have with a controversial artist. Can you still appreciate the art if you lose respect for the artist? And I think Rodgers is the most skilled quarterback I've ever seen. Not the greatest, not the best. We correlate that with Super Bowl wins, and of course that means Brady is the GOAT. But just talking about raw ability, nobody has the range of skill and arm talent that Aaron Rodgers has in my lifetime. But I can't divorce myself of the notion that every time I hear him talk, he's saying something that seems dumber by the day. But we learn through the Rodgers drama, if you are unvaccinated, well, you're going to be out the 10 days that you need to quarantine. That means no way you're going to play on Sunday. So when the Carson Wentz news came down at 1.30 Eastern time yesterday, we immediately, in the sports media, I was not alone, I crowdsourced it, went to social media, and everything was pointing towards what seemed like a demonstrable fact that Carson Wentz was going to miss that pivotal game coming up Sunday against the Raiders, who brush up against another opponent dealing with COVID issues. No Wentz would mean Sam Ellinger pressed into duty, the rookie out of Texas, and we just saw how challenging it is for a rookie to be thrown onto the field with virtually no ability to do anything against a real defense. Saw that on Monday night. When poor Ian Book got destroyed by Miami, didn't help himself by throwing that pick six on his second throw, sacked eight times, so it felt like the Colts would have to rely on Jonathan Taylor even more and just hope that Ellinger or maybe Brett Hundley being elevated off the practice squad could be a high-end game manager as the Colts trying to hang on to a wild-card spot they currently occupy. So that was the conventional wisdom early on and was Wentz jeopardizing his team's playoff fortunes by a decision to not be vaccinated that would take him off the field. And then just two or three hours later, everything changed because the NFL adopted the updated guidance from the CDC saying a quarantine only has to be five days now. So what do you know? Carson Wentz may play this football game. May's the key word. And a couple thoughts stand out to me. And I'm not doing vaccination radio because I'm a fill-in host and because I'm not talking politics today. But I'll just approach it this way. Especially 
if you're a starting quarterback. There's only 32 of these jobs across the NFL. Wouldn't you do everything within your power to be available and be on the field? And wouldn't that include getting vaccinated? That's the first thought. Second thought is the NFL has proven repeatedly, and it's not breaking news, it's not earth-shattering, they're going to do whatever it takes to get these games played because they are operating a business and they want the cash register to stay open. Just look at the stark contrast between professional football and college football, where the cancellations are piling up across bowl season, and what a strange afternoon it was yesterday, just hours prior to the scheduled kickoff of the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. UCLA says, we can't play. Yet another cancellation, five now, and we're only on Wednesday leading up to the countdown to kickoff for the national semifinals coming up on Friday and then the games you care about as well on New Year's Day. So the NFL is telling you directly and in a loud, clear voice, whatever it takes, we're going to do whatever is necessary to get these games played because the NFL is terrific in a few areas, but foremost among them, making money, monetizing everything. And whether it means protocols have to change, regulations have to be modified, rules have to evolve, somehow, some way, the game is going to go on. All right, we'll get back to... My thoughts on Carson Wentz. I got a lot more I want to dig deeper into, and we'll put the playoff picture into focus in the muddled AFC. Kansas City, red hot and rolling. They've won eight in a row. We're going to learn a lot more about Cincinnati coming up on Sunday when they host the mighty Chiefs. But there's a clear separation between Kansas City and everybody else. Who's the second best team in the AFC? That's coming up. And what do we do with the Colts with or without Wentz? Because Taylor belongs undeniably in the MVP conversation. They have won eight of the last ten. Coming up, though, we'll hit the NBA for the only time in the program. Unless you want to, lob me a phone call at one 204 rich or hit me up on Twitter. That's Weber. Weber with two Bs. Lakers finally won a game. Do they get credit for beating Houston? Everybody beats Houston. The Rockets are abysmal. LeBron had a start at center last night. Big picture, though. If the Lakers can ever get fully healthy, is this aging team really capable of a deep run come playoff time? Looking forward to an NBA conversation with Michael Lee of the Washington Post. Just getting warmed up on a busy Wednesday. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Brian Weber back with you in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. 1-844-204-RICH is the phone number. Twitter's your best bet. B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs since I am fortunate to have a variety of broadcast roles. Some of you feel like I'm cheating on, say, Pac-12 Network. I am not answering your questions about Pac-12 women's water polo because I'm looking forward to doing that again in the spring. We can have a conversation offline as we are sticking to the things that matter on this tremendous platform. Well, in the age of cell phones, let me use my favorite media word. We are efforting, attempting a conversation with Michael Lee of the Washington Post. If we can't hook up, we'll chat with Michael at a later time. I'm fortunate to be in for Rich today, tomorrow, and the rest of the week. And while we attempt to hook up with Michael, it does give me a chance to finish my thought on Carson Wentz. So to be upfront and transparent, I find political talk in the sports forum tedious. You don't come to a show like this to get, especially the fill-in host, opinions about the world of politics. But somehow, given where we are as a society, the mere act of vaccination has become politicized. So, in my view, it was irresponsible for Carson Wentz not to be vaccinated because, just from a football standpoint— it doesn't make him eligible to be on the field and your best ability. And I'm telling you this as a veteran of working throughout the holidays as a fill-in host, the best ability you can have is availability. So let's just say Carson Wentz can't play, and we'll take the vaccination conversation off the table. What do we make of Indianapolis without a quarterback who has been wildly inaccurate and if you watched what the Colts were able to do on Saturday night and if you didn't I don't blame you it was Christmas night after all the small good takeaway for fans of Carson Wentz comes down to he actually looked like the Wentz that we saw in Philadelphia when he had a magnificent start to his career remember everything changed when unfortunately went down with the knee injury on the road in Southern California against the Rams. And then after that major knee issue, he was never the same. A lot of aches and pains, significant injuries to deal with. And then by his own admission, he just wanted out of Philadelphia. Something went wrong 
between the ears and there was a loss of confidence. And since then, even though Frank Reich has a great relationship with him, going back to what they did successfully with the Eagles, Carson Wentz has never looked the same. He has come up with some abysmal, just wretched interceptions this year. But despite that, the Colts, because they're a very balanced football team on both sides of the ball, and more important, have the best healthy running back. I say healthy because Derrick Henry still not back yet, although good news is coming to Tennessee. According to reports, we might see Henry as soon as next week in the regular season finale, or if they have to wait a little bit more come playoff time, King Derrick Henry should be available to be that beast that he always is when healthy coming out of the backfield. But Jonathan Taylor has been extraordinary, overcoming a lot of bad decision-making and ghastly interceptions thrown by his quarterback. That's the biggest single reason why the Colts have gotten so hot, winning 8 out of 10, fighting their way back into playoff contention. But if you watch that game against Arizona, who's completely fallen apart, the good news for Wentz was he actually looked like Carson Wentz of old. And we'll get back to the NFL conversation coming up in a minute. As we continue, Brian Weber in for Rich Eisen. As promised, let's talk some NBA and other important topics across the world of sports with Michael Lee from the Washington Post. Michael covered the league for many years and is now the sports enterprise reporter for that prestigious paper. Michael, we haven't chatted in a while. Happy holidays. Brian Weber with you. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure. So as I mentioned, you focus now on how sports, gender, and diversity come together. And I want to get to those significant topics at the end of the conversation. But you cover the NBA for a long time. You know the league so well. So let's start with a macro view as to what all of sports is dealing with. How do you think the NBA is doing navigating the COVID challenges we're all trying to deal with? Well, I mean, they're sacrificing the quality of the product to just keep the business moving. And um, we don't exactly know how it's going to turn out until we get to the end of the season and we see teams that maybe could have been better served by the league shutting down for a while that have taken a lot of losses because they're playing guys who don't know each other and just kind of thrown out there and playing pickup games, basically, or just a lot of stars who are just missing time. Um, I think that they've decided that, you know, they're just going to deal with this and, and live with it. And, and continue to make money and not really worry about, um, you know, doing anything else. I think that when Rudy Gobert got hurt, I mean, I got, got first got the COVID in 2020, you know, everything shut down because they were very uh, at the forefront of trying to make sure they were protecting their players and protecting their product. And now it's like COVID's here and there's money to be made. So let's just keep moving. And that's sort of been the attitude they've taken, but um, they're, they're still playing games. So that's really what they want to do. And that's what they're doing. Well, Michael, in your opinion, as we contrasted what's going on in college sports and the wave of cancellations, not only with the bowl games, but across college hoops, do you think the NBA would be better served by shutting down for a while like hockey just did? I thought that it would have been good if they had shut down right after Christmas just to try to let the, this wave kind of chill out for a bit because it seemed like everything was happening all at once. It wasn't like we've been dealing with these uh, all year. It's just like right now Omicron is here. It's taking over. It's highly contagious. And guys are playing a you know a game. It's a respiratory disease virus, and everybody is playing this game where you're breathing on each other and running up and down against each other, which I think is be easily transferable. And you sort of see after these games, a lot of time, a lot of guys are testing positive and coming up sick. So um, I think that's something that should have been something that they explored. But I think they just said it. They said, "Hey, 
if we still can have a couple stars out there on the floor, doesn't really matter who the other ancillary parts are. We can still sell a product, and they did. And they, uh, I mean, I thought it would happen right after Christmas. And I realized that Christmas was their marquee event. They really wanted to make sure that the stars were out there and they could, you know, make their money and generate their revenue. But I figured after that, it would be a good time to just hit pause for a little bit and just try to figure out what to do from there um, and see how long this this Omicron variant is going to continue to be dominant because it was it was a wave. And um, but they just said we're just going to ride this wave and keep moving. <laughs> I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich. It's the Rich Eisen Show, talking NBA with Michael Lee from the Washington Post. Michael, as we look at the Lakers, finally snapped that losing streak, but everybody beats the Rockets. They are just at the level of hitting rock bottom. As you think about where this team is now, dealing with more adversity with Anthony Davis, sidelined again with a knee injury, let's project if somehow they're able to be fully healthy come playoff time, where would you slot the Lakers in the rugged Western Conference? Um, near the bottom yeah. uh, of the playoff picture. Uh, they're not a good team. And, you know, you can say what you will about, you know, guys being in and out. Everybody's dealing with the same situations. Everybody's dealing with COVID. Everybody's dealing with injuries. Um, you know, even Phoenix was at the top. They went a long stretch without Devin Booker. I mean, uh, Golden State's got the best record in basketball, and they don't even have Clay Thompson or, Jay, uh, you know, Wiseman you know, from last year, number two overall pick. So they're still, everybody's dealing with injuries. So I don't think that that's a legitimate excuse. I just think they're just a, a lot of pieces that don't fit. They got a lot of older guys that are being asked to do things that they're not capable of doing right now, which is adjust to the, each other. Um, and I just think that unless they make some big moves at the trade deadline to try to revamp their roster or revamp the complementary pieces around what they have, they're going to continue to struggle. Um, the one thing that's sort of overlooked through all their struggles, they haven't played anybody yet. They haven't played the top teams. Um, they've been, they haven't played Gold State and, and Phoenix and all these top teams. They've been playing Houston and Memphis. And I mean, Memphis is good, but I mean, they've been playing teams that aren't considered to be the upper echelon of the uh, Western Conference in the East. They haven't gone east of the Mississippi yet, so they they haven't really played anybody to even be tested. And they're struggling now with with with, with the bad teams. So that's not an encouraging sign. And LeBron is being asked to do so much that you hope he doesn't exhaust himself trying to carry a, a bad roster, a mediocre roster, just through this stretch. Because what's he going to have left, you know, um, when they start playing these tough teams, when it gets when the grind really starts to take hold. I mean, he's already been in and out of the lineup a bit. I just think they're asking so much of him right now in his uh, 19th season that, you know, you got to fear for a breakdown at some point. And to amplify your point, they had him starting at center last night because this team has major personnel challenges. Michael Lee of the Washington Post is our guest here on the Rich Eisen Show. As we think about the Ben Simmons situation, Michael, he's almost become the forgotten man of the NBA because we don't know when we're going to see him play again. So I realize this is a complicated matter and there's a lot to be figured out, but how do you see the exit from Philadelphia occurring? It needs to happen sooner than later. Um, I don't know what – I mean, I know Daryl Morey wants to get the right deal, not just a deal. But the way Joel Embiid's playing, you owe it to him to get uh, make a deal that's going to be good so you don't waste his prime. It's not just about one season. It's about the future and going forward. But this season is critical. Um, you know that – you know, you don't know how long Joel Embiid's going to be able to play at this level. You know, he's had a history of injuries. Um, you know, and, and you want to make sure you maximize, you know, what you have with him. He's playing phenomenal basketball. He was run off the MVP last year. He's come back and is playing at the same high level. He's carrying the Sixers. Um, and I think that you owe it to him to, to get him an elite talent alongside, you know, you know, you know, him because 
you're, you're, you're throwing away Ben's career and you're throwing away Joel and B's career in the process. And that's not fair to either one of them. So I think that they have to make a move at the deadline. Otherwise, it's a waste. Otherwise, you're telling Joel and B that we don't really care about your career. We just want to make sure we, you know, stick it to Ben and get the right deal. No, you got to get you got to get the right deal, but you also got to get a deal done. Um, not just for Ben, but mainly for Joel, because he's out there giving it his all. And these players and the Sixers, they deserve a chance to really ride it out with an elite center. Um, so, and to answer your question about Ben is they got to move him. And I think that, you know, he's not going to play another game for Philly, I don't think. Um, he doesn't want to play for Philly. And this should have been resolved a long time ago. I don't even understand what the staring contest is about. At some point, you got to accept the fact that you're not going to get a great return for Ben Simmons right now. He, he can't, his value can't be any lower than it ever been. It's not ever going to improve. So get what you can and try to do what you can and do right by Joel and B. Otherwise, you're, you're ruining two careers. Michael, as I mentioned, you're the sports enterprise reporter for the Washington Post. So let's expand our focus because you have such a broad portfolio. I'm firmly behind athletes like Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, being transparent about mental health. But you know how it works in sports. There are some old school people who cling to these antiquated views that you got to play through the pain, whether it's physical or mental. How much progress do you think we've made over the last year to 18 months using sports as a reflection of where we are as a society, that people are more comfortable acknowledging we all deal with stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that people are starting to accept that, you know, mental health is just as important as your physical health. Mm -hmm. Like if you have an ankle injury, you have an ankle sprain, that can prohibit you the same way a mental sprain can. You know, if you're not right in the right headspace, you're not going to be able to perform at a high level. And I look at a classic example of what's going on in the NBA right now. You right now you have DeMar DeRozan having a phenomenal season. And I don't know if he gets enough credit for what he did in opening up this dialogue about mental health, but he was the first guy to come out and say that, you know, he was dealing with some mental issues and he had to get therapy and get help. And you can see right now he's performing at this such a high level for the Chicago Bulls. You can see his mind's clear. You can see his confidence is at an all-time high. And I think that, that people need to take a step back and sort of observe that. You know, it's a whole person. It's not just – what you can do to entertain us is what you can do when you're in the right mindset to go out there and perform. And I think Naomi Osaka's made it clear that, you know, she hasn't been there mentally to play at it, to perform at a high level. And I think we saw the scary scene, you know, during the Olympics with Simone Biles, where, you know, <laughs> she, she almost hurt herself seriously because she wasn't in the right headspace. And I think now people understand that, yeah, these, these are people here to entertain us, but they're humans at the beginning. And they, you know, if, if you're not there in the right place mentally, you're not going to get get a satisfactory performance, and you're going to be disappointed. But if you do get them in the right headspace, you might get a guy performing at a high level, like a Demar Derozan right now, who has the Bulls. You know, it's one of the top teams in the East because he got his mind right. Michael, enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for the insights. Appreciate you taking the time for joining us today here on the Rich Eisen Show, and happy holidays. Have a great New Year. Same to you. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me on. Michael Lee of the Washington Post, our guest, and I will stick to what's been a winning formula, just one guest per hour. Coming up in the next hour, looking forward to our NFL conversation with Bob Glauber. He's been covering the league for decades. He is a historian in addition to what he does on a daily basis, cranking out quality content for New York Newsday. So Bob is going to offer a great perspective on the life and times and passing of John Madden because Bob has known him for many years. In fact, I would recommend you head over to the New York Newsday website. Bob wrote a very thoughtful column about what Madden meant on and off the field. 
1-844-204-RICH is the phone number. Twitter is always a good avenue. That's B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Coming up, we'll continue the NFL conversation. Now the Jags and Raiders can officially begin to interview coaching candidates. How many openings will there be when we get to Black Monday coming up in a few weeks? Brian Weber in for Rich. It's the Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Brian Weber having a good time with you in for Rich. It's the Rich Eisen Show. 1-844-204-RICH, the number to call. You can hit me up on Twitter, BW Weber. Weber with two Bs closing in on hour number two of the program. It is football the rest of the way. That is not a bold choice cotton by yours truly, although I appreciate the insights from Michael Lee of the Washington Post because I do know, especially on social media, it's amazing what NBA Twitter is all about. So as I try my best to hang on to the embers of my youth, I'm out there with you kids on social media. If you're just watching an NBA game, social media lights up. NBA Twitter, yes, there are some T's in there, is off the hook as I take it back to 1998. And, man, people are going nuts with Steph dialed in again last night. What does he have now? Better than 3,000 made three-pointers in his career after he dethroned Ray Allen as the all-time three-point king a couple weeks ago in MSG. Still not enough for the Warriors as Denver came up with a quality road victory. As we get closer to hour number two of the program, we're going to focus heavily on the AFC because it's a muddled mess once you get beyond Kansas City. And it's amazing, especially talking about social media. If you go through an NFL Sunday, and I like to flip on the red zone, I'm an Andrew Siciliano guy. You can like Scott Anson. That's fine. Some people like peanut butter. Some people like jelly. But as you watch the evolution of opinion, not only within a game, within a quarter, 
as teams go up and down. And I'll take you back to October. And remember, on radio, I'm talking just to one listener. Yeah, you. I can see you through the console. It's a new technology. How many of you gave up on the Chiefs when they had those wobbly moments? Have you paid attention to what they've been doing as of late? Especially on defense? Chris Jones is unstoppable. We'll talk about, are there any real threats that have the capability of going to Kansas City and knocking off the Chiefs in the AFC title game at Arrowhead Stadium. I'm reviewing your tweets. Most of them are nonsensical. Let's see. Allen in Manitoba wants to get orthopedic shoes for Aaron Rodgers. We don't talk much about the COVID toe anymore, huh? I guess Dr. Joe Rogan is a podiatrist as well and took care of that. Quick footnote to the Aaron Rodgers thoughts I laid out early. And we'll talk about the dead men walking of the National Football League coaches that are in real trouble in less than two minutes. Aaron Rodgers is my favorite player in any sport. I think he is a maestro at what he does. Still, every time he speaks now, he says something that I find dumber than when he spoke the last time. So just because we appreciate and embrace these athletes doesn't mean we should be taking medical advice from them. I know I am not a role model. The famous Charles Barkley commercial was a marketing slogan that was devised by an ad agency, but there was some truth in there. Mom and dad should be your role model, but it's balanced by the fact that these athletes have so much resonance and impact and reach with millions of Twitter followers if they have opinions and they're entitled to their opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts, those opinions can profoundly affect millions of people. So that's where I'm struggling when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. At the same time, clearly he's the MVP. I don't have a vote, but just look at the body of work. When's the last time he threw an interception and contrast Rodgers Versus poor Baker Mayfield, in fairness, though, remember, he just came out of the COVID protocols, didn't have the opportunity to travel with the team, had to take a private jet, showed up a couple hours before the game in Lambeau Field, and was a disaster with the three interceptions in the first half. Well, if you've not been paying attention, big change occurred in the NFL when it comes to the timetable for hiring new coaches. As of Tuesday, teams with vacancies, and right now that's just two, the Raiders, and your Jacksonville Jaguars, teams that are looking for a new head coach, can officially start interviewing candidates. So dust off your resume if you're a former head coach. Start leaking things to NFL insiders because Doug Peterson says he is tanned, rested, and ready. And he's going to bring that Philly special to Jacksonville if he gets the gig. Call it the Duval special. And it's a lot of familiar names out there. According to reports, the Jags might be looking at Jim Caldwell, who clearly never should have been fired in Detroit. How'd that work out for the Lions? Matt Patricia looks like he should be filling in for Santa at your local mall. And Dan Campbell wants to bite your kneecaps. Take a bite out of winning. When's the last time the Lions won anything? I know the answer. A championship in 1957. They've won one playoff game since. But you got Jacksonville and all their dysfunction. The Raiders moving beyond 
the meltdown connected to John Gruden's emails, still very much in playoff consideration. Maybe they don't have to see Carson Wentz and Indy. Raiders on the road in Indiana, chance to pick up their ninth victory. But those are the two official openings. Question becomes, with a new policy, why are teams still hanging on to their coaches down the stretch? Wouldn't you want to get to the marketplace and start having those official conversations that, of course, have been going on through back channels for years? So, for example, and I'm going to tread lightly here when I'm saying people should not be employed I'm not trying to be the worst human being in the world. Look, I work in sports media. I'm only as good as this segment. We'll see if I'm qualified and retained for hour number two of a prestigious program like the Rich Eisen Show. So believe me, I understand what it's like to have job fear and be real scared if you're going to be able to use your key card next week. But the NFL is a bottom-line-oriented industry, so why is Matt Nagy still employed? Because Nick Foles, of all people, came off the bench to win that game in the snow, the Jimmy Graham ball in Seattle on Sunday? Okay, great. Chicago's won another game. They have five victories this year. What does that mean moving forward? Because Matt Nagy has completely botched the most important Decision any head coach can make in the NFL, how to approach things under center. And even when they finally had to make the move to Justin Fields because they were losing the locker room, they didn't seem to have any coherent game plan for him. So Matt Nagy should have been gone a long time ago, other than the Bears are embracing some empty tradition and don't want to fire a coach before the end of the season. When Nagy goes, GM Ryan Pace should go with him. Because of having a variety of opportunities to make things right and screwing up in most important categories, namely trading up to draft Mitchell Trubisky because, nah, you didn't want Mahomes or even Deshaun Watson. We're going to find out a lot more about Watson, both in terms of his civil liability and a potential NFL suspension when we get to next year. So Chicago will open, in my opinion, it's just a matter of time. Houston probably should open, but you could have Vince Lombardi move to the Lone Star State. Who's going to do anything with that wretched roster? And David Culley seems like a very nice man, but there's a reason why he took the job, because he's been waiting a lifetime for a head coaching opportunity in the NFL. Plus, according to reports, GM Nick Cesario has his hands in everything. He's on the headset during the game. He doesn't want a head coach. He wants a puppet. Matt Rule in Carolina can compare himself to Jay-Z as much as he wants to. And I love that quote. As a middle-aged suburban guy, it's always good to quote a rapper and look for the comp. Yes, it took Jay-Z many years, seven years, to move from a corner to the corner office. Matt Rule ain't going to get seven more minutes in Carolina, especially when you have an impatient private equity billionaire, and David Tepper. So I give Rule points for effort. At least he was creative, but I think he knows what's coming up. Vic Fangio had to publicly lobby for his job. He wants another year in Denver. That's always a bad look. But remember, he's working for a GM that didn't hire him. 
somehow Joe Judge is going to survive because the Giants are just that dysfunctional. Although, if you're going to whack, finally, GM Dave Gettleman, presumably the new GM is going to want to hire his own coach at some point, right? So why not just do it now? Because we're talking about the New York football Giants and all of their glorious dysfunction, putting the fun in dysfunction. And then finally, the situation in Seattle, I think, is going to be fascinating for two reasons. If Russell Wilson wanted out this summer, don't you think he desperately wants out now and during the first losing season of his brilliant career? And what about Pete Carroll? He's 70 years old. He's saying all the right things about ownership and Pete being committed not to go through a rebuild. Well, how else are you going to fix that team? Because give me one area, just one single element that the Seahawks are able to shine in this year. They have no identity, and for a team that was built on defense, they can't stop anybody. So I don't think Pete's going to get pushed, but he may decide, I'm 70, I'm going back to Southern California, enjoy life on the beach, on my way to the Hall of Fame. I'm Brian Weber, in for Rich. You can slide in at 1-844-204-RICH. Twitter is lighting up. Try to have a little bit of sense behind the tweets, okay? I'll read a few if they have any degree of logic. That is B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. Coming up in the second hour of the program, straight ahead, we talk NFL with Bob Glover for New York Newsday. We'll kick things off by trying to figure out what's going on in the AFC other than the Chiefs. Who else are you buying in that conference? I'm having a great time with you. I'm Brian Weber in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. 